welcome to Storytelling. My next guest transitioned from a successful career in the energy industry to the world of public speaking and leadership. He joined Toastmasters International in 2013 and went on to lead a southern UK district, which represents 180 clubs and 5,000 members, to achieve the prestigious recognition of distinguished district and second in the world, despite challenges brought by the COVID-19 pandemic. As leaders from across the political and corporate world review the past year effects of the pandemic and climate change, it's clear that leadership in today's world requires new leadership values to make positive changes, such as changing our habits to better sustain the earth on which we live. Reviewing the world of leadership, please welcome Florian Bay. Hello, Florian, and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Florian, can you explain to us your leadership journey to date? Yes, I've always been interested in leadership and leading. I think even when I was a child, I wasn't like really a leader at school, wasn't really like in groups like scouting where you could have leadership experience. But I think that there's a part of me even back then that kind of liked the idea of being in charge. Perhaps it stemmed from playing a lot of video games where I was in charge and I could make or break entire worlds or cities from scratch. May have been an influence. I suspect it was an influence. And just generally always been interested in people that were making decisions, that were making things happening. And it's probably sparked something inside me. My first leadership experience was when I was at university in Bath. I had the opportunity to serve on various committees, looking at finance, looking at how the faculty was functioning. And my final year was also in charge of a student society. And I enjoyed the experience of putting a program, of delivering on that program, uh, working as part of a team, as part of a group. And it's something that I wanted to relieve again uh, as I started my career and didn't have so many responsibilities in, in the earlier parts of job career. And when I kind of learned that Toastmasters, after joining, it was at the first big event I attended where somebody from the district leadership team spoke and kind of opened my eyes to a world of possibility that I really started to invest myself in the leadership side of Toastmasters, because it sounded like a good thing to do and a good way for me to learn new skills and practice leadership. Florian, can you define for us what is leadership? Because there are some people who do not distinguish between being a manager and being a leader. That's a very good question, Debbie. And the answer to that, and I'll start with the, the difference between a manager and a leader, is the differences can sometimes become quite vague and quite blurry. And there is a bit of overlap between leadership and management. If I could condense leadership down into one single thing, for me, it would be movement. Because when leadership, you say, well, take the lead, uh, leading a ship, leading something, that implies a sense of movement, of going 
towards a destination either by yourself or more likely as part of a group which you have to bring to that destination so for me leadership implies movement and it is taking a group from a current situation which may or may not be ideal into a desired state a desired situation which is much better and perhaps corresponds to a series of goals or even to the realization of a vision one of the things that you have been keen to highlight in the past is mastering the basics of leadership can you explain further on that so the basics of leadership for me it all begins with what i call self leadership which is the leader leading himself or herself it encompasses a lot of things like how good are you at using your time for example because if you're not really good at using your time and at self care and prioritizing seeing that might lead to a few challenges if you're in the leadership position how good are you at being curious and really having your eyes your ears and everything open to what's around you leadership requires a deep sense of self awareness because remember there is a movement when there is a movement you need to know where you came from you need to know where you're going towards and also what's happening around you so that requires a deep sense of self awareness of curiosity of just being interested in the conditions around you and that for me is a big part of self leadership another thing which i would associate with self leadership is our willing are we to push ourselves and to grow it's kind of self awareness but to ourselves specifically like for example if you could ask me what my strengths as a leader would be i'd say well strategy vision casting really big picture thinking that would be my own strengths as a leader where my weaknesses would be a relatability with people in some situation that in stress situation i can become quite direct quite authoritarian if i'm really really under pushed under conditions of stress but i know that so therefore i can try and mitigate with that but not everybody that ends up in the leadership position has this self awareness unfortunately and when it comes to really the core basic of leadership itself for me i go back to what i said about movement is where do you want to go what is the end goal that you have in mind what difference are you bringing to the table and something that always surprises me when we look at the world around us in many people that end up in leadership position and that have a lot of power because there is power associated with leadership is that they actually lack this kind of sense of movement and this sense of overarching vision of where they want to bring their organization towards and there are many examples from history from the corporate world from the political world of people who ended up in a leadership position in the company or in the country their predecessor had done extremely well but they didn't because they kind of lack that sense of purpose that sense of vision you could look at microsoft for example bill gates had this whole big sense of vision making things easy for people of software a pc in every home then he stepped down as ceo steve ballmer took over and this is when things started to change in the company and not always for the for the better this to me would be a really core basic that every leader needs to have but like every basics they're not always easy to master yeah i think that's really important that you bring up the subject of self awareness and having a purpose in terms of what you're trying to achieve or what advice would you give to someone who is 
on a journey of either leading in a company or leading their own business or even just leading a team? If I could summarize this advice in one short sentence, it would be be curious. Be curious about yourself. Where do you come from yourself? What is your history? What is the journey that brought you to the position you're in now? What do you like? Do you dislike about it? Because one can uncover quite a lot of things when asking these questions. I know for me personally, in conversations I've had with family members about the times I was younger, I kind of uncovered a lot of things that helped me understand why I'm today and the kind of backgrounds and things I come from, the force that shaped me, so to speak. Another part of this curiosity would be the curiosity about the people that we are leading with and working with. Teamwork is an essential part of leadership. And for that, it means that there needs to be a sense of trust. We need to know what makes people tick. We need to know what people like. And I was reading a book about this recently, The Different Languages of Appreciation, Everybody has a different language when it comes to appreciation. Some people like nice words, some people like gifts, some people like public praise and so on. And having that curiosity to kind of find out, especially when it comes to leading a rather small team, what people like, what do they want, so that we can kind of tailor our efforts and our communication with them, the way we interact with them to each person individually. And last but certainly not least, curiosity about the world around us. We live in a world that is changing all the time, and change has been a constant in human history. If there had been no change, we would still be living outside, naked, and not even knowing how to make fire, potentially. Quite often, you see people, they may have an opinion on topics like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. But when you start to question their belief, it's like you actually realize that they have opinion, but they're not really backed by anything because they don't know what they don't know. And the reason for that is the lack of curiosity, the lack of being this little inner five-year-old self, uh, mommy, why is the sky blue? Mommy, why are the, the trees green, for example, is asking these questions can really make a big difference. Obviously, in moderation, because there is such a thing as analysis paralysis and asking too many questions, getting too much information. But I think, especially for leaders that are leaders in a very, very high level, they need to have this sense of awareness, this sense of curiosity of the forces around them, dare I say. I know I sound like a bit of a Jedi master when saying that, but it's kind of a good analogy, I feel. Florian, you mentioned Bill Gates, for example, at Microsoft. Are there other examples of good leaders? I have a, a controversial example that I'd like to share as a, a leader I personally greatly admire. Disclaimer, this person was a little bit of a dictator, shall we say. It's a gentleman called Park Chung-hee, which was the president of South Korea between 1960. He came to power via coup d'etat. And 1979, I think, when he ended up assassinated. When he came to power, South Korea was a bit of a mess. It was much poorer than North Korea. There was a lot of emigration and no industry, nothing. And he had this vision of the country becoming an advanced economy, a modern country, just like the United States, just like Japan, which used to be a, the colonial master of the whole of Korea. 
And in the period of 20 years when he was in power with an iron fist, one must say, he effectively transformed the country, the miracle on the River Anne. And as I like to say, the rest is history written with a Samsung smartphone, South Korean company. The way it went to that was really just seeing the, the whole country as a kind of single organization, an organic unit that all needed to work together towards more prosperity and, and so on and so forth. And a lot of campaigns took place to bring literacy in the countryside, for more education, for the banks and the big companies to work together to build stuff, to build infrastructure. So a bit of a controversial example, but there's a lot to be learned from that, in my view. But in a more kind of businessy type focus, a leader I actually quite admire, which passed away quite recently, is another gentleman called Herb Kelleher. Herb Kelleher was an, a Texan lawyer. And in 1968, he and a friend in a bath, they sketched a triangle on a napkin, which was the three main cities in Texas, and said, well, we could build an airline which could fly across these three cities and sell tickets that are cheaper than driving. So there was a really clear vision, I'm going to make flying cheaper than driving. They started the process of launching the airline. They got sued by the competition at the time, by Texas Air and other companies. They said, what you're doing is against competition laws and so on. There was a very heavily regulated industry at the time. But Southwest Airline and the entire local airline model was pretty much born. And one thing which is quite interesting about Herb Keller is that he's somebody that never really took himself very seriously. Like at one point, you can find a video on YouTube, a company sued him because they said he was stealing the slogan. And he said to the CEO of that company, well, uh, let's settle the whole thing with an arm wrestling match in public. They did do an arm wrestling battle, which he actually lost. And that kind of settled the whole thing before it escalated to a lawsuit, which is such a funny way of looking at it. But he also emphasized something which is quite important as well. At one point, his company purchased another airline and he said to his employee, we purchased them, but when we start speaking to them, we're not going to say, oh, we're better than you. It's going to be the other way around is what can we learn from you? What did you do well that we could bring to our operation to make our operations more efficient? Quite an interesting character in a lot of respect. Florian, what final words would you want to say to us in terms of thinking about leadership? I think leadership is something that's fantastic. What I would say, though, is leadership is not necessarily for everybody at the same time. Being a leader can be very challenging at times mentally, physically, emotionally, a relationship can become strained, but it is also very rewarding. I think everybody should experience leadership at least once in their life, be it in a small capacity, in a local club, a local society, or in a much bigger and much grander scale. At whatever scale you do leadership, remember to be self-aware, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and ask questions about the world around you. Because when we hit issues and challenges as leaders, I can guarantee you that the same thing has happened before at some point in history. I mean, we had the COVID-19 pandemic in the past year and a half. Well, 
a century ago, there was a Spanish flu. There was also the 1957 flu epidemic. All these things have happened before. Let's be curious. Let's learn from them. And if there's one thing, only one thing that you need to strive to do as a leader is get things moving, have some movement. Saying like some leaders in the United Kingdom are saying at the moment, well, it's not our problem. You should just sort uh, yourselves out. That's not exactly movement. It's it's being a swamp and it's stagnating, which is not where we want to be because swamps can be quite unhealthy places to be, whereas flowing water is much healthier. Florian Bay, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Debbie. If you would like further details about Florian Bay, then please follow the link in the show notes.